0: listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard. For the first time ever, I'll be your host. I'm Ali, and you can follow me at FF Dynasty Grill. And as always, we have our co host, with that, you can follow at Matt FF Dynasty, how are you doing, Matt?
2: Yeah, I'm doing good, thanks, Ali. Um, I've had my first COVID vaccination, so don't tell Cole <laughs> Beasley, but I'm uh, I'm feeling a little bit ropey, but I'm uh, I'm sure I'll power through. You two guys are uh, a veteran and all all dosed up aren't you, so I'm uh, I'm slowly starting to catch up. Being the younger guy, it's probably why I'm a little bit, a little oh, bit yeah. behind you two old boys, but but yeah, doing good apart from that. Thanks.
1: Excellent, and we'll move on to Kev, who uh, you can follow at Dynasty Goat. Hi Kev, how you
0: doing? Yeah, very decent, Ali. Thank you very much. I'm hoping for a better internet connection today. Um <laughs> try and be pretty cool about it, nice but I know the last few shows um it's uh, it's not been it's not been perfect to say the least. So um yeah, looking forward to the show. We've got a cracking cracking show today. It's an opportunity to uh argue with each other but in a in a friendly manner.
1: Yeah, it's just, uh, it's a spicy show this one, so that's why they've brought in the Dynasty Grill to to host it. <laughs> <laughs> right, I can't wait for this one. Um, on today's show, we'll be talking and having a Dynasty rankings debate. We'll each highlight we each be highlighting players in each other's Dynasty rankings here we think are either too high or too low. So let's dive in. Naturally, we're going to kick off at the quarterback position. So, Kev, you're up first. Who have you got?
0: Oh you love this one, guys. It's uh <laughs> it's it's the quarterback from my team, the Philly Eagles, Jalen Hurts. Um the guy I'm lowest on out of us three at QB twenty-four. So it, I mean, Philadelphia is on a bad team, isn't he? The NFC East has got better. Um, the reason I've got him lower than you guys, it's the job security. I think the only way he keeps his job is if the Eagles are in the playoff hunt this season, which I don't think we will be. Um, draft capital-wise, Eagles have got three 21 firsts. And they've got options. They've, they've got the 2022 draft. Um, they've got a guy like Deshaun Watson who could be available as well. So um, the, there's definitely some options there looking at QBs moving forward. They, they actually tried to trade up for Zach Wilson in this year's draft, which uh, it just seems strange. They tried trading up and then they traded back. They didn't really have a clue what was going on. Um, Second round draft capital is not amazing and there's no coaching ties to the current staff. Um, Howie Roseman as well, a GM. Uh, what you fact tend to find with GMs is when they're in trouble of losing the job or when they're struggling, they get a new QB. So uh, it's, it'll be a fresh start, a fresh shot from next season if the Eagles inevitably fail. Um, and at Dynasty, all, all you're really wanting is a quarterback for starting job. And I don't think Ertz is that guy. I think he's a real-life career backup type. Uh, 50% pass rate last season. I know it was not small sample size but um i mean in college he was only averaging 22 passes a game so it is a projection with him i think if you're drafting uh, jalen hurts at qb 24 it's going to hurt your dynasty team <laughs> I'll
2: wait. Yeah, I'll admit I think we're starting off quite steady with this one, aren't we? Because we're not miles apart, really, with the with the rankings. Um, I think we're all slightly below the consensus rankings. I've got him as my quarterback nineteen, and to be honest, Kevin, I agree with everything you said in regards to the negatives. There maybe a couple of reasons why I've got him a touch higher. I think we've seen that potential fantasy upside that he has. Um, he was the QB three for the final three games of the fantasy season. Um, and we know, obviously, about that rushing upside that he has with around 140 rushing yards in those three games. So that's maybe why I've just got him a touch high as well with the 20-22 the class. I think the quarterback class isn't actually that that strong, really, um, outside of maybe the top two or three guys. Um, and there's going to be plenty of teams as well looking for quarterbacks, not just the Eagles. You've got teams like Pittsburgh are going to be one at quarterback. There's Washington, Houston again, potentially. And uh, and Denver if they if they don't manage to get Aaron Rodgers so I just think with with all those teams as well competing for, for the quarterback position if Hurts maybe has a an average season maybe even even at worst if it is average um, I think there's a chance maybe that they do maybe roll with him for one more year wait for that 2023 class um, and, and and address those other needs that they have we know that the Eagles are. Uh, heading towards a bit of a rebuild, I think. So I just think with that potential that they could maybe hold out another year, and it could maybe impress if he gets a, another season out. So I just think overall, I'm not, I'm not super high on him. Um, the, the potential long term concerns are obviously there, uh, but I just think the upside it, it's quite appealing, and and that's probably why I've got him a, a touch higher than you, Kev.
1: Well, then there's me. Actually, it hurts hurts me to see that on the highest of the three. I'm a quarterback 18, uh, so one spot higher. Um, I think recency bias is, is huge in dynasty football. I think a lot of people forget what happened early on in the season and they tend to remember them late games. Um, he was fantastic for fantasy down the stretch, you can't deny it. He, he won me a really big redraft league, so I had to have a personalised mug made of it. <laughs> so happy with me. Um, but, <laughs> Being sensible, he's a much better fantasy quarterback than he is a real-life quarterback, uh, that's for sure. Uh, And I've got a bad feeling that the Eagles could be the poorest team in the NFC East this season. So,
0: sorry, Definitely. Um, uh,
1: I think if you mix in finishing bottom of the NFC East again, uh, plus plus the first round picks in in 2022, I think that could equal a new quarterback. Um, But then it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, I've got him at quarterback 18, so I'm... I'm the highest of the three. Uh, I do see a world where he does play well this year, but, but they gave him another weapon, and Devonta Smith. Um, the team has got a lot of needs, so they may feel they might go elsewhere with, with the picks. Um, if, if I do have Hurts in my team, um, I'm probably taking advantage of him, ru- the value right now, and I'm trading him. Uh, if someone was to offer me straight up, Matt Stafford or Baker Mayfield, both who are going below him in the ADP, then I'll, I'll snap the hand off right now. I think they've still got a really good job security. And they should be going higher than, than Jalen Hurts right now. Um, so I've just got a quick question for you, Kev. I, you're a lot lower Ooh. than what we are in <laughs> in the rankings. Have you got Jalen Hurts
0: anywhere in your dynasty teams? Yeah, I've got him in one league and I can't sell him for toffee, <laughs> honestly. Like, it, it's a league where basically you can't buy quarterbacks. He's so hard to buy a quarterback, so they're very much in demand. Um, I've tried doing him straight up with for, for Tua. Um, I've tried adding a bit onto Hurts to try and get someone like Tua. And it, it just doesn't happen. Um I think that that is a that is a side that did win the ship last year. I've got to get that one in there. <laughs> um so I am I'm happy with Hurts as my as my QB this season. I think as a redraft guy. It's going to be a QB one with that rushing upside. I've got no no doubt about that. It's just longer term. I do worry about what he's going to be like. I think Matt made a great point about 2023 being a stronger QB class. I, I guess we might we might might give him two seasons. You never know. I don't think we're going to be winning a Super Bowl anytime soon. So it's on a, um, a cheap deal. 2023 could be the target. It's just you never know. I don't think it is. I think he's he's done after this season. <laughs>
2: I'm shocked that an Eagles fan so low on one one of his own players.
0: I, I, honestly, Matt, I am a, <laughs> I'm not biased at all. It probably helps that the fact that the Eagles are pretty rubbish right now. but <laughs> I'm genuinely not not as high on my guys as you two are on yours. Oh. <laughs> Spoiler oh. alert.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Talk about one of your own players. Let's move on to another quarterback. Uh, who have
2: you got, Matt? Yeah, I've gone for I've gone for Daniel Jones. Kev kind of kind of gave it away there, but like um, you. yeah, he's, he's a guy I'm clearly higher on than than what you two are. He's my QB seventeen, and and that's a lot higher than consensus as well. And and I promise I'm not a homer. Kev, we've said it loads of times. I'm definitely <laughs> not a homer when uh, it comes to the Giants. I'd rather not have any Giants if I'm honest. But I've just there's something that, that I'm I'm just feeling with Daniel Jones. Um, obviously, we know he's had he's had an average start to his NFL career. 2019, he finished the QB 25, 2020, QB 24, so slight improvement one place, but um, yeah, a couple of reasons why I think that he did struggle, we, we all know about the O-line, it's, it's well documented that they've had the struggles, and then obviously last year, Barkley going down, that's that's absolutely killed him, and, and we didn't really have any weapons beyond Barkley, he was the main guy, and, and to lose him so early, I just think that, that crushed any hopes of, of Jones bouncing back um, last season, um, but with this O-line, I think it's a really young O-line. I mean, in the last two NFL drafts, it's a position that we've targeted heavy. So I'm banking on a bit of improvement. I think we saw glimpses of it towards the end of last season where it started to, to come together. So with these young guys, I'm, I'm holding out hope that, that the O-line could improve. And obviously Barkley's returning from injury as well. We've added superstar giants, wide receiver Kenny Golliday, plus first-round wide receiver Canarius Tony. So we're getting those weapons for Jones as well. Um, and then on top of that, we also know he, he does have that rushing floor. He's, he's, he's a good rush. He had over 400 yards in 2020 on the ground. Um, I will admit it is looking like a make or break season for, for Daniel Jones, but I think we've seen those flashes. He's got all these weapons now. I, I do believe that he can he can bounce back, and this is going to be his year to, to take that step forward. And I think he can be a, a solid QB too. And, and then he's got that upside as well. Yeah,
1: I've always been on the, the Daniel Giant Jones side, to be honest. I've always given him a chance. I've got him in quite a few places. I'm just pumping the brakes a bit this season. Um, I feel like this really is his last season to show that he can be that franchise quarterback for the Giants. Uh, but I do feel that they are they are a sneaky, uh, sneaky contender for the division this year. Um, I really like what they've done with their defence and obviously the weapons they've got on offence. They're putting it together. Um, it's just whether he holds them back or takes that step forward. They've, they've added superstar Kenny G, as you say. And they've selected Castero Tony in round one, um, and then the biggest one for me is getting Saquon back. I think that's that's huge for, for Daniel Jones. Um, I do like his Russian floor that he brings when he's not tripping himself up. Um, <laughs> and one one stat that he, he improved on last season is his passer rating on the deep ball was was actually the best in the NFL in 2020, where he was sure. one of the worst in 2019. So I am borderline happy to have him as my quarterback too but it's just them turnovers that, that kills him. Um, they 19 fumbles so far in two seasons. It is a big worry for me. Uh, and then his stats from last year, 11 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. It's just, he it isn't going to cut it. If he wants a long-term deal, then them stats aren't going to cut it. So I'm just cautious.
0: Yeah. I echo what you guys are saying about it. It's a make or break season for, I think he's got such a high range of outcomes. Um, I'm uncomfortable with him as my QB too. Um I mean, the, the guys I think should be going around QB 3s, they tend to be older or risky. Um, I think Jones is risky. He's my QB 25. I am the lowest out of us three. Um, 39 turnovers in 27 games is ridiculous or bad. He's got to improve that if he wants to keep his job. Um, last season, the, the Giants, they had the 31st ranked O-line. Um, they've not added anyone. It's, it's just a hope that that unit grows and gets better together. Um, And we know that O.C., Jason Garrett, is no maximizer of talent. So um, I do agree. The weapons are vastly improved. Uh, The wide receivers getting to say come back is is huge. Obviously, he's probably the best running back in the the NFL. Uh, But I think the O-line is massive, uh, especially for a guy with a high propensity of turnovers, fumbles, interceptions. Giving him a clean pocket, giving him time, it's going to really help him improve. And I don't think he'll, he'll have that. And then you've got him in your rankings, Matt, above guys like Baker Mayfield, Zach Wilson. I think these are long-term starters, which, like I said, on Hertz, for me, it's all about having a starting job as a dynasty QB. Um, Having a guy with possibly one year as a QB two, it's not something I like to do. But I do think that he is upside if you can get him as a QB three, but I would probably prefer uh, Jameis or Sam Darnold a little bit later on than Daniel Jones. Um, do you think it could be a Drew Lock, or is this the year that he does uh, bring it all together? What 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 chances do you think it is that he's to start of next season?
2: I think it will be next season. I mean, this is his, his third year, right? So, I think even if he's going to have to be really bad, I think for us to to go for a, another quarterback, um, I'm I'm going to admit we've obviously got we've got two first time we now next season. So, a bit like yourself, Kev, with the Eagles, that makes you then think that well we've got. We've got the ammunition to to move up if we need a quarterback, but I just think I'd, I we've seen the flashes that he has. I, I, I don't think he's Drew Lock and, and it, I'm insulted, Kev, that you'd even mention Daniel Jones. Long I'm going to put him more. I'd rather have him Josh Allen. That, kind, that that's the kind oh of the trajectory I want. The, the middle of the <laughs> road quarterback that goes Did up, you? not the one that goes down. Um, but no, I, I'm I, that, I'm not saying it's going to be uh, Josh Allen. But um, I just think with with the rushing upside, it's... It's something I think you've always got to look for in fantasy that that Russian upside. We, we talk about it all the time. The fact that Jones has that, as I say, I think Ali just mentioned. If we can if we can win the division, then I can't see why we wouldn't keep Jones for at least another year. Uh, then again, you, you reassess after that. But yeah, I, I'm convinced in his, his talent. I mean, it's a shot because when we when we drafted him, I, I wasn't super super happy that we got him. Um, I thought it was a bit of a reach. But I've been I've been impressed in in small parts, and and I do believe that we're, we're sorting this offence now, and I don't think that's going to help, Jones.
1: i just go back to them YouTube videos of the, the draft night when they took, they took Daniel <laughs> the Jones, and the absolute outrage from the, the yeah. Giants fans was
2: just hilarious. <laughs> this is what I tend to do, Ali. Every time the Giants draft a player, I'm, I'm fuming. It's you the know, same this year. Terry's probably going to be the best wide receiver we've <laughs> ever seen, so it's just the way it goes.
0: It's funny, well, it's not, they were rumoured to take Askins, weren't they, all fancy Askins it? Yeah, so yeah. it could have been even
1: worse True <laughs> Well True. talking about rage, we're going to move on to the running back position and uh, I think you two are a bit outrageous stuff. but <laughs> um I picked so low down so my guys is Joe Mixon um, and I'm the lowest of the three on him at, at running back 19 Um It's not to say that I'm out on Mixon I'm a bit like Daniel James, I'm just cautious, it's just a I think it's a big year for Mixon. Um, and the, the biggest reason it is for him, his low rank, is is the three rookies that have just entered the league. I've just placed them all ahead of him Nigel Harris at rb 13 ETN at 17, and, and Williams at, at 18. I'll, I'll draft them three over over Mixon. Um, I think they're all in really good, really good situations, and they've just pushed Mixon down. Uh, I've also got Austin Eckler one place ahead of him, or comfortably ahead of him, and I've also got Cried uh The biggest concerns of the number one is the injuries. Um, the, the foot injury that met, made him miss ten games last year. He, he didn't get surgery on it. He felt that it would heal over time. So we'll we'll see on that one. And then the other one is the O line. It was it was terrible. That ranked thirty first in run blocking in in twenty twenty. Uh, they signed Riley Reef in the in the off season. Uh, they passed up on Penny Soul, as we know, but then selected free. 3-0 later on in the draft. So we'll see whether they work out or not in, in 2021. Uh, so the good thing's going for Mixon, obviously, Gio Bernard has finally left. He's signed with the Super Bowl champions, which I'm rather delighted with. Um, so you've got to expect Mixon to, to see some of them extra targets. Um, and, and the fact that the defences can't now stack the box uh, when they've got three really good wide receivers, I think that's only going to help Mixon. Um, for me, he's the last running back with real upside. So my next pick is, is Montgomery. Then it goes Sanders and, and Jacobs. Uh, so I, I see Mixon. He he can possibly reach top 10 um, quite easily, but I'm just cautious on him. So I'm not out on him. I'm just cautious and I'm not drafting him ahead of the three rookies who I've just moved ahead of him in, in dynasty rankings.
0: Yeah, it's pretty funny, this one, that I'm not the lowest. I've, I've been a known Joe Mixon basher, uh, last off-season, I called him a two-down back on a bad team. Uh, I called him the most over it, a player in Dynasty. Uh, back then, he was going running back six in start So, I think getting him running back 15 now, it's a really nice value. I think 19 is is a little bit harsh. I do think it is tricky though, costs. There's, there's 20, 22 good running backs. Um, and it, it's hard when you're pushing people down to those low teams. It, it does get really tricky. But I do really like Mixon. Gio Bernard's gone 59 targets have gone out the door. Uh, Mixon was on pace for 70 with him on the squad anyway last season, so uh, really looking good from a pass volume. Um, It's an improving team. The O-line, the offence as a whole, I think Mixon's got a genuine three-down skill set and double-digit touchdown upside. Um, It is a shame he's only had one 16-game season so far, but that is one more than a guy like Dalvin Cook. Um, And I do think if everything does fall into place for Mixon, he has got the potential to have multiple top five running back seasons. Um, I know that Matt and finally had him as his RB3 in his really Jeff rankings last season.
2: <laughs> Thanks uh. for frouting me like that, Kev. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've got him as my RB15, but Kev, you just mentioned it with, with regards to all these running backs, really. I think there's so many good running backs in this top 20 or so that I feel, I feel ashamed of myself that I've got him as the RB15 because I like him so much, but there's just so many running backs that I seem to like this year and and moving forward that uh, I've had to put him as my RB in 15. Um, I think the big one why why I'm so high in him now. I've always liked him is he's one of these wear, uh, rare workhorse running backs. Um, there's not really many of them about. Now in the NFL he averaged 23 touches per game in 2020 before he got hurt uh, and now obviously there's no Joe Bernard as well so I just feel like with that opportunity that, that's what you need with running backs. You need that opportunity. That's where you get all your points from. That's why everybody's so high on Najee Harris this year because he's going to get that that massive workload and and it's the same with mixing. Um, it, it's very rare to have a running back that, that's going to get this kind of volume. So that's why I'm hiring him. It's why I've always been hiring him, and and even more so now with the fact that Bernard's gone. Um, that the offense as a whole it seems to be improving. Um, they've obviously just got Jamal Chase as well. I just think with that it's going to open up more scoring opportunities for for the Bengals, and and in turn that's going to mean more chances for for mixing at, at the goal line. So. All of the reasons uh, why I'm hiring him. He's only 24 as well. I think that gets that gets overlooked on, on just how young he is. He came in uh, quite young and he's got this long term contract as well. So I just think there's a lot of things that are, that are going the the right way for mixing. Um, and I think he's definitely got room for his his value to to bounce back and I, and I think he can get into that that top ten again at least of of, of running backs. Um, Ali, what's your feelings on the fact that this offense is obviously getting better? Does that not give you more hope for Mixon now that we've We've got Jamar Chase, this this passing offense, it's it's gonna be stronger. Is that not a, a positive for Mixon feel? For
1: yeah, no, it certainly is. Uh, and then you've only got to look who's who's behind Mixon. There's not exactly people pushing yeah. him for the starting job, are there? Um so I know as a whole, I think the offense is the only way is up that they, they're gonna pass a lot this year. So uh, he's gonna see he's gonna see some increased targets. They're gonna be playing from behind again. I don't think their defence is very good again. They're in a really tough division. Uh there's three really solid teams in there with them. So, no, I'm optimistic, but I'm, I'm happy to be proven wrong on Mixon. Um, back
2: on, it's back on, I'm on again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, so we'll move on to um, a guy who uh Kevy's outrageously high on. Who have you got, uh-huh. Kev?
0: Yeah, I, to be honest, I'm trying to get my hits in early because I'm going to get panned on this one. So, um, yeah, I, I've been eyeing this guy since uh, since the, the rookie drafts, since, since the NFL draft. It's Travis Etienne. He's my running back nine, which it is pretty outrageous, actually. That's way above ADP um, and way above you guys as well. So I'm expecting fierce pushback from you both. Um, I'm also the highest on rookies, uh, Najee Harris and John T. Williams as well. So I think it's more to do in my process of uh, valuing or potentially overvaluing rookies uh, as if they've already hit and such that so I'm getting ahead of the curve. Um, I think running back's the most likely to rise in value with a just a normal season. Like if, if we see that ETN is a, a mid-running back two, he's going to be going as a running back one in Dynasty next season. Um, just think about last season, you had J.K. Dobbins, he was going at running back 14 in Dynasty, Swift at 16, Akers at 17, and all those guys uh, are running back ones now, some even as I as running back six. Uh, ETN, in my rookie model, is actually better than all of these guys, so if he's on a similar curve, by my reckoning, he's going to be a, a top six running back next season, which is pretty crazy. Awesome. Um I think he's got it all. Three down skill set, 60 catch upside in year one. He's got that familiarity with uh, college unicorn Trev Lawrence, who was his teammate at Clemson. Um, He's got 78 touchdowns in college, including 70 on the ground. Um, I mean, you you guys have got him four and six spots behind Najee Harris. I I, I get that you've got Harris above ETM, but I think it should be closer. Um, And also eight and nine spots behind Nick Chubbu. I've always been pretty low on Nick Chubb, he's 26 in season and 40 catches, an absolute ceiling without an injury to hunt. So, um, running backs, I, I, rookie wise, I tend to rate them really high. Um, but I do appreciate that I'm a lot higher than ADP and you both. So, I'm ready for it.
2: I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start <laughs> easy with you, Kev. I'm, I'm gonna admit that when it comes to, to rookie running backs, I think it is it's hard to. to, to find a position to put me in your rankings i think we've been blessed in recent years with the, the running backs that we've had um but i, I don't think you can guarantee that everyone's going to hit i mean 2018 is something that, that stands out in my mind all the time when i'm i'm thinking of these rookie running backs i mean darius guys who was rb 14 penny rb 17 michelle rb in 18 and where are they all now i mean they're barely in the league are they so it's just something that that sticks in my mind we can't always guarantee that these guys are going to hit um, and you know it's, it's tough for me because I'm a big advocate of getting these these younger running backs. Um, but I just I do think there's a fine balance between the potential upside and then the actual fantasy results that you're going to get. Um, I mean, everyone fell in love with, with Jacobs and Sanders after their first uh, season in the NFL, but now that the ADP it starts, it seems to be sliding back down again. Um, so you could say that there's potential that that happens with some of the 2020 guys. Um, I think as analysts, we, we make the projections based on, on what we've seen and then what, what, what we expect to happen in the future. Um, I just think sometimes you've, you've just got to stick with that proven talent. Um, so, so just getting back to, to Travis Etienne, um, I do think he's a very good running back. Um, like a lot, like I've just mentioned, a lot of these top twenty guys, I think that they're all they're all stud running backs, and it, it's hard to to rank them and, and feel comfortable where you have got them. Um, but and, it, and he is arguably the guy to own in this backfield. Uh, there's no question about it. I think um, James Robinson. We're, we're all super on James Robinson, aren't we? So I do I do understand why there's the upside as well in the passing game, as you mentioned with Trevor Lawrence. Um, but I'm probably just going a little bit more risk, risk averse and and favoring these guys that we, we've seen proven in the NFL. Um, and, and we know that they, they're going to get that heavy workload.
1: Yeah, Risk adverse is, is certainly my, my views here. I've gotten at the RB17, and I feel like at 17, I'm already semi high on him. Um, they're still above ADP. Uh, I just can't move him up any higher just yet. I think at RB9, you're saying that I'm happy with him as my RB1 and and I'm all in on a rookie. I'm just not ready to do that just yet. Uh, you're taking him ahead of the likes of Chubb. Sheld- uh, who you've spoken about, Zeke, Aaron Jones—they're all guaranteed to get a really heavy workload. Uh, and we—we we think you know how his is going to shake out, but we—we yet to see it. So I'll wait to see it first. Uh, but just talk about Etienne. I'm a Clemson guy, so I love Etienne. He was—he was hugely productive in college. His pass catching really caught fire in, in the last two seasons he was there. So there is that huge upside. I'm just not ready to jump in ahead of the guys that I've mentioned or any of the second year running backs from the, the twenty twenty class. Um so as as you're that, that high on him at RB nine, you just really tossing aside James Robinson as if he's gonna have <laughs> no no role whatsoever in this offense.
0: Oh yeah, he's that guy is absolutely <laughs> done. He is done by like, on honestly, p- people that think he's gonna be anything in Jacksonville are, are, they just need they've got to take a lock in my opinion. Um I think with him being undrafted, he's got a shorter deal as well. I think he might be up after next season, um, but like I said, no no ties to coaching staff. He has performed, but I think the best he can hope for, which probably is his ceiling now, is is just being a bit of a timeshare guy, someone that's going to fill in, maybe get some goal line touches. He probably will have weeks where he gets double-digit points with a touchdown and a, a long run or something like that, but yeah, James Robinson's done. I think... Uh, I don't really like talking about him, actually. So I'll, I'll talk about <laughs> it. I'll swing it back to ETN. I just, I, I agree with what you're saying about guys, um, veteran guys this year being risk averse, taking them. Uh, year one, I don't think ETN does finish above guys like Chubb, uh, like um, Aaron Jones. But I'm thinking years two and three, I'm going to take my my chances and think that year two, ETN is um, finishing above those guys. So I guess if you if you're starting off your drafts and you think right this is win now, which is probably after your first pick, um, it might it might make you think actually ETN needs to be a little bit lower. But I think holistic view running back nine is probably a little bit too spicy. But <laughs> I like it.
2: I, I, I'm Kev. Kev I'm going to back you up here. I did want to slam you, but I am going to just add something else. I think just in regards to what we're going to be talking about tonight, I think. These are rankings, not like where we're going to actually draft these players. I mean, you don't have to draft these players where you rank them. Kev, you're going to be able to get ETN as your RB2. If you've got him as, as your RB9 in, in Dynasty, then you're over the moon that you've got him as your RB2. So I just think that's something you've got to bear in mind when we're talking talking rankings. It, it doesn't mean that, that Kev's going to go out and, and overdraft him. It just <laughs> means that he's going to be ecstatic when he gets him as his RB2. Yeah,
1: and the same for... In trade value, if he's got him as the RB nine, yeah. then he'll be prepared to offer his RB twelve in exchange for for Etn, who someone else could be hired on on that guy. So, yeah. it, it, like you said, it's not where you take him, but it just it gives an indication of where we value that player. Yeah. Uh, but but like you say, you're you're very likely to get him as your RB two, which which I'd be delighted with. Let alone Kev, be you'd be jumping for joy at that point. <laughs> Indeed. <sighs>
2: That's so, last time I'm gonna be nice to Kev on this show. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
1: so we're gonna we're gonna move on to the wide receiver position and we're gonna go from a rookie to an old man. Uh who have you got, Matt?
2: <laughs> yeah, I've gone for I've gone for DeAndre Hopkins and and a bit like Kev with this last pick, I think I'm gonna get some heat for this. Um I've got him my wide receiver four in Dynasty, which is four or five spots higher than than both you guys and and the consensus ranking. Um, I just find it hard to find any faults in Nuke. if I'm honest. The, the one that you've just mentioned, yeah, he's getting on in ages 29. Um, but then beyond that, th- there's very little host picking his game, I think. Um, he's been a top four wide receiver the last four years. We know now that he's on this high-tempo air raid offence, so he's going to be getting that volume every week. He's going to be getting those targets, and and that's just what results in in fantasy points. If, you, if you're getting opportunities, you're getting targets, you're getting fantasy points. Um He's tied to a quarterback as well that I'm super high on in Kyler Murray, so that may be why I've, I've got Nuke higher than, than most. Um, we know that he's going to be tied to this quarterback for as long as he's in Arizona. Um, and I just don't think there's many wide receivers that have this level of talent, but then also that the ideal situation that that Hopkins is in. I mean, if you want to have a sexy roster, then yeah, go ahead and, and get somebody like AJ Brown, he's, he's above. Um, Hopkins in 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 Dynasty rankings, but if you want to win championships, then you want to be getting DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, uh, it's, what are you laughing to... at, Kev? <laughs> Just <a>
1: private joke. <laughs> it's it's kinda of hard to disagree here because we all know Hopkins is an absolutely fantastic wide receiver. He's no doubt one of the most consistent wide receivers of our generation. And in fact he he might be the best real life wide receiver in the league right now. I have got him as my wide receiver 8 so I'm still one spot ahead of his ADP and wide receiver 9. I just think think the wide receiver 4 is just a bit too high. Um but because it's for me it's just really based on on age and and what I can get in the future if i was going to trade him away. I've been I've got him in a league and I've been trying to trade him away and I just can't get anything decent for him. People just they tend to when the, when the wide receiver gets to 27, 28 years old, people just cast them aside and just think they're old and just want the, the 21, 22-year-old. So. Uh, but in this case, I'd rather have the sexy pick of AJ Brown, Calvin Ridley or, or C.D. Lamb. So maybe I'm in that same boat of, of wanting the young wide receivers. I think they've all got really great futures and also got future trade potential. Um, just uh, looking at the team as well, I think they've got, more weapons now for Kyler. Um he didn't exactly set the world alight with his with his passing last year, 26 passing touchdowns. Um but but no doubt this year he's gonna finish as another top eight wide receiver. Um but yeah just give me that sexy pick of of Brown or or someone like Ridley. Uh I'll take them ahead of Hopkins at four.
0: Yeah this this is funny This um obviously uh <laughs> I'll have to let you know about that 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 joke in a sec, but um yeah, having Hopkins above uh, 20, 20 wide receiver one, uh, Devontae Adams and AJ Brown, it was definitely spicy, I think. Um, you're right, he's had a brilliant career, um, but, but wide receiver four at age 29 is a little bit too far for me. The reason I was laughing at the AJ Brown sexy pick, I don't know why, but I just had the Shawn Michaels theme tune ringing in my head <laughs> when you he was on about sexy boy, and um, m- maybe we'll have a, an AJ Brown outbreak kid this season with a wheel there, but. Um, Yeah, I think over three years, I'm taking AJ Brown over over Nuke Hopkins. Uh, Year one, a little bit like ETN, actually, year one, I agree. I think Hopkins, top five guy this season. And then after that, I'm not quite sure um, where he'll be. Uh, I will give you benefit of doubt on one thing, though, Matt. I was going to come and flame you and say he just catches the ball and falls down. But it was actually number two in the league in um yards <laughs> after catch so i, I left that out and my and notes usually
2: falling down in, in the end zone as
0: well yeah so. <laughs> i left that out my notes um on this one but i've, I've spoken about it now so yeah S- silly me um i just think w- with kyle he, he hasn't really improved a, a ton years one to two um pace of play it's top three but pass plays is league average I think there's going to be more target competition, AJ Green, who we all hate, uh, Rondale Moore, uh, <laughs> Christine Kirk, lol. Um, will, 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 will Hopkins get 10 targets a game again? That's a bit where I'm unsure on. I think this season, yeah, maybe next season not so much. Um, 100% I think he's top 10. I've got him wide receiver 9, uh, but I, I don't think he's a wide receiver, uh, top 5 wide receiver in Dynasty, in my opinion. But then again, I
2: have always been pretty
0: low on him and I get
2: burned every year. I mean, do I have to come back to this? I mean, I don't, I I ain't got anything to say. I mean, if you, if you want these younger guys, we might as well just have CD Lamb number one, Metcalf number two, just have all these younger guys and just cast away all the, all the older guys. I mean, we've got a, we've got a win championship at some point. Why?
0: Definitely.
2: Why why do you want these guys that I, I, I admit you, you want the younger guys, but you need a blend of it. And and Hopkins is going to be one of these wide receivers that's that's going to win your league. So why not why not take him higher? But of each their own, I guess.
1: Yeah, we Can't disagree too much on this one. You've done you've not done too badly, Matt. Um, <laughs> but I think we're gonna we're gonna move on to another one that we will disagree on. Uh, so we've gone from a guy who's consistently really really good to uh, someone that's not been very good the last couple of years. So it's my pick, Steve J. Chark. Uh, I've got him as a wide receiver 33. Um just quite a few spots ahead of you boys. Um but I will start by saying that I am LaVisca Chanel ahead of Chuck every time. I've got him ranked higher. Uh I also don't own any DJ Chuck shares, um, but I, I can still see a decent future for him. Um so just listen to this list of the quarterbacks that he's played for so so far. It's Blake Bortles, <laughs> Cody Kessler, Gardner Minshew, Nick Foles. Mike Glennon and Jake Bluton, um, and and then who's his new quarterback? Oh yeah, it's, it's Trevor Freaking Lawrence. is his <laughs> new quarterback. <laughs> um, so you've got to expect uh, improved quarterback play in in 2021. Uh, so just looking at Chuck's career so far, he had that fantastic 2019 season. He had over a thousand yards, eight touchdowns in 15 games. Was assigned to the Pro Bowl that year, and then 2020 was a really strange year for Shark. I think. He was definitely being overdrafted at the start of last season. Um, I think everyone thought it was going to be the year of Minchumania. Um, turned out that he was he was absolutely awful. Um, and then they handed the reins over to to Mike Glennon and, and Jake Luton when they were when they were clearly tanking. And and combined, they posted a seventy point two percent catchable target percentage, which ranks almost dead last in in the league. So if things weren't easy for the wide receivers in Jacksonville last year. Uh, so. If Trevor Lawrence comes in now and just plays at least league average, then it's going to elevate Charles, it's going to elevate Chenault and uh, and Marvin Jones. Um, Also, listening to the camp news, he's he's bulked up, he's gained weight, so he's attempting to be stronger this off-season. And then we're all high on the viscous Chenault. And the fact that he had a really poor first season with with the quarterbacks then it just tells you he was behind he's behind Chuck. He finishes wide in 45. So that was behind the likes of Chuck, Keelan Cole, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and, and Russell Gage. Um but yeah, my my ranking of, of 30 wide receiver 33. is just based on a couple of positive outcomes. I think he's going to get a massive improved quarterback play this year, which is almost guaranteed. Always going to move on in 2022 for a fresh start. Uh, the fact that he's still only 24 years old, I, I like the talent. Um I'm just not ready to throw him to the Charks just yet.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not an EJ chart fan at all. He's my wide receiver, 40. Um, it is a good job you've got Schnault above him, because uh, <laughs> big big Schnault fan. We, we all are big Schnault yeah. fans. I, I didn't expect any less. But um, the issue with Sharks, ranking for me is the guys you've got above, um, Shaq above, Curtis um, Samuel, Adam and Tyler Lockett, I think Shark's had one good season and two bad. And I did say on December show, DJ Sharkbait, that now's the time to to sell on the Trevor Lawrence hype, to to move off him. And um, he's got a lot more competition than he did as a sophomore. Um I think it's more situation than talent for how he has performed in the past. Um I like Schnau more for Dynasty. I like Marvin Jones more for redraft. So um I don't or won't have Jack at cost. I think he's jumped the Shark and he's gonna get bit.
2: <laughs> god these jokes are absolutely <laughs> terrible <laughs> i don't know why i put you to. um yeah but with chalk i mean he's only shown flashes he, he tends to struggle for that that consistency um he's not somebody that i'm i'm going to feel confident relying on each week when it comes to to fantasy as we just mentioned, Chenault, he looks by far the most talented wide receiver on on that roster. And then they've also added Marvin Jones. Like Kev just said, I think that's going to draw away targets uh, from Chark as well. My we know that he was looking to get Kadarius Tony in the first round as well, so that just tells me that they're still looking to improve at wide receiver. And and if we we think that Shonali's as good as he is, then that, that feels to me like it's it's Chark that's that's going to end up being the guy that that loses out. Um, he also i don't think the long-term future is that great he's not he's not really going to be tied to the jags for a long time as a unrestricted free agent after this season so there's every possibility that they even move on from him um so yeah he's not somebody that i'm i'm excited about drafting at all um but but will again I'll, I'll not be too harsh on Yali because i'm only what is it six six spots behind you five spots so yeah, it's it's it's, it's what we're we even arguing about really on this one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just
1: excited to see to see him and, and LaVisca Chalot play with a decent quarterback. I know we're talking about Trevor Lawrence's rookie season. You can't always expect much from a rookie, but he's that generational quarterback, isn't he? So, is it or is he expected to light it up this year? So, it could be a really exciting offense to watch. I just think yeah. Dark's going to show enough this year to either get a contract or get a decent move to a, a different team. I just see him on somewhere like the Packers, just imagine you know, although, let's, <laughs> let's get everyone to it that we
2: like on the Packers.
1: <laughs> uh, so you two are completely out on chart. Have you got? Have you got any shares of, of DJ Chart? No. No. <laughs> we better move on to the the time <laughs> of the show then. <laughs> so before we get into the second half of the show, I just want to give a shout out to our sponsor J A Three frl is a leading supplier of bespoke team wear including podcasts, sport clubs, universities and schools. Choose from j 3s own bespoke range, modified designs or customise your own from scratch. We at Fantasy Wildcard have got our own merchandise store, bringing you fantastic logo branded across several quality items, including hoodies, hats, jackets, T-shirts and shorts, plus many more. So be sure to check out j 3 Apparel on Twitter, at j 3 and the website's just launched this week. Uh, it's also on I link tree on Twitter. So thank you. So now we'll continue at the wide receiver position. We're coming to you, Kev. Who's the guy that you want
0: to highlight? Yeah, you'll have to both hear me out on this one. I think it's gonna be a frosty reception. This is uh, this is
2: where it gets spicy now, second half of the show.
0: Yeah, this is <laughs> there's a massive gap to be honest. So um yeah, if you thought ETM were or a bad one, then uh <laughs> you'll hate me even more on this one. I've gone for Jalen Waddell. He's my wide receiver, 41. That's right. You heard it. 41. Um, Extremely low on him compared to you, you two, if you're ADPs, but this is more about my rankings and value than the actual player itself. So my rookie tier, I've got Devontae Smith. I've got Terrace Marshall, get on the Terrace, Jalen Waddell and Elijah Moore. Now, Terrace Marshall is my uh, wide receiver. Three is above Jalen Waddell, and I've got him at wide receiver 38. Therefore, I can't put Jalen Waddell above Terrace Marshall. Um, there's loads of guys who, um, who have already hit in the safe than Jalen Waddell, lowering your ranks, uh, both your ranks. Uh, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, Tyler Lockett. Uh, maybe blinded by last year's superclass, maybe not. Um, but I think outside of Chase, I'm leading the proven. Uh, proven guys in that top top forty range. I think Waddle is a smaller guy at five, nine, 180. He's had multiple injuries. Um, our last guest, Stroh uh, and we can follow on Twitter at the F B Encounter. Um, he he compared Jalen Waddle to John Ross, which I do think is slightly harsh. But um, yeah, oh, <laughs> to be honest, that uh, John Ross has a lot better metrics than uh, Jalen Waddle. So uh, obviously that's balanced out by the division he played in. Uh, in college, but yeah, I think I'm not out on Jalen Waddle, but I think with me having Terrace Marshall above him, and he's going at he's he's my wide receiver 38. I end up with, with on a Waddle really, because Terrace always there. Eh?
2: I've, to be honest Kev I didn't really listen to much you just said because I've just been thinking in my mind <laughs> who we've just been talking about and where you had him ranked and I was just thinking it's DJ Chark and you had him ranked uh, what was it why was he before it's So one spot above above Jalen Waddle I mean I don't know how you can say it's that. wild it, it is crazy but I'll uh, what can I say I think for me it's First off, the draft capital, six overall pick in, in the NFL. And then I think he's landed in, in, in a great situation. So I think for me personally, I was, I was high on Waddle. So the fact that he was selected to early, uh, that's giving him that draft capital. And then obviously the situation, it's a situation I like. I like the fact that he's now going to be connecting up again with, with Tua. Um, and with that, I just feel like that's improved his chances of having early production. We know he's he's got that connection already with his quarterback um again a bit like i was spoke with the with the bengals the dolphins this is an offense that's that's improving and, and it's ascending um and i think with waddle he's got that untapped potential i think that we've yet to see i know we, that's that's taking a gamble really on, on something that we, we've not seen but i do believe that he's got potential that we've we've yet to see um in those four games that he played last year with Bama before he got hurt he had 557 yards in four games i mean that's just crazy numbers so it's obviously a small sample size i'm not going to say that if he played the full season it'd it'd have had some ridiculous season but i do just think there's there's untapped potential there's there's, the injury history it's obviously a concern but at the same time i just think that that means that there's still that potential that we've yet to quite see out of him so if he can stay healthy i honestly think he's got a a really really bright future in in the nfl and that's why he's my wide receiver twenty-five matt talking some sense <laughs> on the podcast <laughs> well, just you are, I, know I just, it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just well, think that's, that's that is far too low for a guy that's just been taken at number six overall uh In fact, you've got his teammate and and serial injury guy, Will Fuller, ranked ahead of him. He's got DJ Char ranked ahead of him. (laughs) (laughs) It's shocking. Um, (laughs) I I absolutely love the landing spot and the draft capital. You don't draft a guy (laughs) at six overall, not to have a plan to use him extensively. Um, He teamed up with his former quarterback, so the chemistry is already there. Uh, He had that huge start to the 2020 season, as you said, Matt, before the injury. I just think the wide receiver one spot in, in Miami is there for the taking, um, and I, I actually see Jalen Waddle as a as a high wide receiver two low low wide receiver one potential. I really think he's got that. So I I just think you need to re, rethink your rankings, Kev.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> DJ say, chock, Kev. DJ all, <laughs> all I'd say is if, because I've got Marshall Ayer, then I'm not going to get him anyway. Am I? I'm not going to get. Am like, I, I going to move Marshall up to twenty five? I don't know what 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 do I do? If if I'm on Marshall, I can't have Waddle above him, can I? Really? Can we just
2: get Waddle above Char? That's all I want, Kev. Oh yeah,
0: like, <laughs> do you know what? You're absolutely right. It should be above Char because <laughs> absolute crap. But thank you. Um, that's, that's all I needed, Kev. Yeah. But yeah, it's more <laughs> about Marshall than than yeah, Jalen. I get that. I, but get I, that. I won't end up with him anywhere because Marshall's always there. So you've
1: got you've got Will Fuller ranked ahead of him. Another guy that. His serial injury. Um, do you think he's the wide receiver one on this team? Then Wolf Fuller.
0: I still think he's. Yeah, I think he will be this season. And yeah, I, I guess I, I'm one of Will biggest fans, so I, I've got no problem with that. With that one, I think obviously with the the pushback, I should probably have tennis Marshall <laughs> a bit higher, and maybe maybe waddle a bit higher as well. Because they are both a lot better than Jack, in my eyes. <laughs> I'm not saying oh. that anymore.
1: It <laughs> so takes, takes us nicely on to another controversial guy.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh, you got?
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that's why I just had to calm down on, on Hammond and Kev, because I know I'm going to get it back now <laughs> with this pick. <peak. laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've got Eldale Beckham, and I've got his wide receiver 29, which that's definitely higher than, than you two guys have him. Um, we know he's coming back from from the big injury in twenty twenty, and I do get that there's there's risk attached when it comes to to Odell Beckham, but for me this Kevin, I know you're going to bring it up because I've read the show sheet, so I'm I'm going to spoil it, but um, it may be my my, my Giants my Giants glasses that I'm looking through and and the success that he had with the Giants, but I do think that when he is healthy and on the field, he's. He's one of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL. Um and, and even as as you two guys as non-Giants fans, I think you can both agree that his talent levels it, it's it's unreal. Um so I just think the fact that you can get him as a keep over, Keith, <laughs> The fact that you can get him as a, a mid wide receiver three, but then with the the potential for upside that you're not going to get with any of these other uh, guys that you're getting around this ADP. I think that's just what makes him so appealing to me. Um it was on he was the wide receiver 19 before the injury. Uh, last season and, and we spoke a little bit about Baker Mayfield uh, with, with Drew last week on, on on this last episode so so if, if Baker can take that step forward like Drew seems to to think he can and, and improve as a passer then that's only going to result in in Aldell Beckham's production taking a step forward um, I just think when you get to, to this stage of, of your rankings and with my rankings I just, I just start to favour those guys that I think have got that bit more upside rather than the, the safer guys that are around this kind of area in ADP um, I'm going to admit he's never going to be a, a top 12 dynasty wide receiver again, uh, but I definitely think he's capable of having wide receiver one weeks, um every now and again.
1: Yeah, so I'm, what am I? I'm six spots below you, so it's not massive. Uh, his ADP is, is wide receiver 32, so I've got him just a bit lower than that. It, he's uh, wide receiver 35. I just don't generally think that OBJ and the Cleveland Browns are a good match, uh, even when you delve into to 2020, he was the wide receiver 19 before he got injured, but his best game was just 81 receiving yards. And looking closer at it, in 23 starts for the Browns, he's had just two games where he's topped 100 yards. Uh, compare that to the Giants. He had 24 games where he, he topped 100 yards. Uh, so he's clearly not the focal point of the team. Um, they're, they're always going to be that run-first team. And then you just look at his injury histories, that's always going to be a worry with Odell with his, the pure speed that he plays at. Um, and then just looking at the stats, the Browns ranked the 20, 28th in past attempts in, in 2020 and, and they were successful doing that. So I don't think that's going to change. Um, I, I've personally got him ranked as a back-end wide receiver three. I'm actually quite I'll be quite nervous to have him as wide receiver three. I'd be a lot happier to have him as a wide receiver four. Um, but I can't be too harsh because I do still think he's got a little left in the tank and... As a looking at from the the sideline, I don't support the Giants or, or the Browns. I do love watching Odell Beckham when he's in his when he's in his prime. No, I, um,
0: I'm sorry, I I'm was just laughing then. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Match me show notes. Um, <laughs> Giants fan, uh, ice on a Giants player. Um, I mean, you and Daniel Jones and maybe someone else later on as well. A Giants, so. Um, We'll have to check on that myth. but um, I'm not a homer, I <laughs> promise. <laughs> but yeah, I think obviously Odell Beckham, when he broke into league, he had uh, amazing upside. He was fantastic, but I'm not convinced he's got it anymore. It seems such a long time ago since he was a star. Um, I think a lot of this is sort of nostalgia based on his dominance in New York, in the Big Apple. Um, uh, since he's moved to Cleveland, he has been injured. He's not really done it. Um my question is, is he actually the Browns wide receiver one? If we're looking in fantasy, silly. last season, Landry had the same fantasy points per game. The season before, they had 14.8 to Odell Beckham's 12.5. Um, so there's not a ton more I can add. Ali summed it up really well. Um, Odell Beckham, I wouldn't be surprised if he had another BF and lost his head. Uh, he, he is a bit of a is in it. So um, he might end up on another team. He might end up back with the, the Giants. Who knows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, in my in my eyes, I think Beckham it, it, it needs to be in that group with uh, Fuller and Cooks. I think their high upside guys have had injuries, can be really effective. Uh, but at this stage, I think he's more um, more name than game at this point in his career. So, just a, just a quick uh, hypothetical question for you, Matt. Obviously, you're a Giants fan, unless you if you didn't know. Um, <laughs> if Beckham was back in New York, who would you prefer?
2: <laughs> Beckham or superstar Kenny G? Uh, oh. We know the answer. Oh, nah, that, that it's mean, close. It's, it's tough. My, my heart would say would say Beckham because he was just the guy, weren't he? When he was the Giants, he was the guy. He was he was the guy. But but now we, we've got to think forward. And, and the fact that we've got a, a new superstar in in superstar Giants, privacy for Kenny Galladay. That's uh, I'm I'm all in on Galladay, Kev. I'm I'm all in. I think I think he's gonna have a, a great season for us.
1: But were you devastated when Beckham left New York? Yeah, <laughs> were you at the point where he was such a diva that you weren't that bothered
2: about it? Yeah, that that's obviously the thing that that's the issue with Beckham is the fact that he is a diva, and and maybe that's why he's he's not really had the success that he had with the Browns. We mentioned it a little bit when we we spoke to Drew. Maybe it is the fact that he, he wants to be the, the guy, and when he's not, he starts throwing the the toys out of the pram. But talent wise, I absolutely love the guy and. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's move on. Again, <laughs> <right>. upset. Again, <laughs> upset he's not still
1: with the Giants. <laughs> it's time for you guys to pick apart my my choice here. So, I'm going to pick Tyler Boyd, uh, wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. I've got it ranked as the wide receiver 41, which. Looking at the your two rankings is rather low compared to you two, um, and for me, it's, this is just Tyler Boyd fall and foul of, of the competition that he's got ahead of him. Um, I really feel like he's going to be the wide receiver, the, or the third wide receiver, option option on the team in 2021 and beyond. Uh, I, I get the fact that AJ Green's moved on, so there's going to be targets available. I just see T Higgins having a massive year this year, and Jamar Chase is going to come in and just hit the ground running. He's got that. Uh, chemistry with the quarterback already. Uh I just and the fact that I don't want to rely on a wide receiver three on his own team to get me points each each week. Um had the, the Bengals drafted Penetsaul, I would have been all over Boyd this year. But we know that didn't happen. They they picked Chase uh to pair with his old college quarterback. Um plus the fact that we we all love T Higgins and we're all really high on him he's gonna have a good year. So it just means i'm not going to have any shares of, of tyler boyd this year um he has got three more seasons on his contract but i'd probably prefer if he only had one the fact that he could then move on uh, i just don't i don't see the overall ceiling that boyd's got now um even with the high pass attack i'd rather take a shot on on a rookie in this this area such as the the two mores Rondale and elijah or or Bateman, who i all think can be wide receiver one or wide receiver two on their team um And they've all ranked really similarly for me.
0: Yeah, hands up. I'm guilty. I'm the highest on board at wide receiver 31. Um, He will be wide receiver three on the Bengals, but I've not got any concerns that he's uh, the third option, that pass attack. Uh, Joe Burrow was on pace for uh, QB2 in pass attempts last season before the injury. Um, AJ Green had over 100 targets and he's gone. And Boyd had a great connection and output with Burrow in their limited time together. I'm sure Matt will fill you in a little bit more on those numbers. (laughs) Wink, wink. Um, Yeah, I I think ceiling-wise, it's not amazing, but he has got a superb floor. Um, Higgins had 108 targets as a rookie. I can't see him getting, like, tons and tons more than 108, uh, especially with Chase as well. Um, I think the the three rookies you mentioned, they're, they're in a different tier in my eyes. I think Bateman and Rondale have got little chance of having a similar volume to Tyler Boyd. And I think with Elijah Moore, probably a similar guy actually in terms of a volume player, but I will take Joe Burrow over um Zach Wilson, which actually pains me because I'm not a big fan of Joe Burrow at all. Um so yeah, Tyler Boyd, I think he's he's fine, he's fair enough. Thirty one, he's he's solid. I, I think if you're looking for upside as you wear a tier three, I wouldn't go for Boyd, but um if you just want to Stick along your points. Happy days.
2: Yeah, it's it's a tough one with, with boy because last year he was a guy that I was getting everywhere. I was I was super high in him. The whole Bengals offense, to be honest, um, I, I was really excited about. Um, and still, even now, even though we've just mentioned, is going to be the wide receiver three on this offense. Like Kev said, that that's not a concern for me, and I think he has that nice combination of a of a safe floor, but then he's still got that upside as well. Um, to me, he's an ideal wide receiver three for you on your. On your roster just because of that floor and potential potential upside i think the bengals are going to be going to be really pass heavy again kev just mentioned it with with the the pace that, that joe burrow was on for when he was healthy and um, we mentioned it a little bit earlier as well when we spoke about mix and the fact that the defense is is going to be weak as well I, that just everything's just pointing towards a, a, a lot of pass volume to be spread around and and i think burrow is going to target his slot wide receiver he did it with with lsu I know he's obviously got his his old teammate in Chase, but I still think that that boy's going to get plenty of targets. Um, Kev just mentioned the fact that how much he, he targeted him uh, before Burrow went down injured. He was the wide receiver eleven uh, up until week eleven when when Burrow got hurt. So that was all pointing towards a, a great season for Burrow and uh, for 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 Boyd and, and that's why I'm I'm still more than than comfortable having him. He's my wide receiver thirty-two, and as I say, I just think he's a, a rock solid wide receiver. Three twelve in in Dynastor. Just
1: I hypothetical question to you both: Would you prefer Boyd on a different team? Or would you prefer him as the wide receiver three on on this
2: team? You can cherry pick teams, guy. You? you could pick if he was on if he was on the, the Packers, the yeah, Packers. The, I, I, <laughs> that's the one everybody talks about. Yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely love it. But if he ends up going to like I don't know, if he goes to your Buccaneers when everybody retires and they've got no quarterback, then then you're absolutely devastated. So at least with, with the with the Bengals, we know that it's going to be a pass-heavy offence. Ideally, yeah, I wish that, that they didn't get Chase and, and then Burrow would absolutely pepper him again with targets. Sadly, that's not the case, but I still think he's, he's going to be, as I say, a really safe wide receiver three. Um, it's, just a, it's just a shame that he's, he's not going to reach that potential that he could have, but I'm still more than happy to, to keep him on my roster.
0: Yeah, I think I'd keep him on the Bengals, to be honest. I think that chemistry he's got with Burrow are really nice. Obviously, Burrow was a rookie, so uh, you'd, you'd expect that to grow in time. Um, might be a little bit strange we have in Chase, who who's going to be his uh, favourite now. But but yeah, I'd keep him on the Bengals. I think we've seen that he's had this consistent usage over time with that coaching staff as well. Um, plus, you, you never know, if you end up sticking him on other team it might just not work for whatever reason. It's always tricky when you're moving wide receivers off teams, even though it was a hypothetical question.
2: <laughs> and just a quick one as well with this offence. We mentioned it with Mixon, the O-line. Burrows going to have to get it out of his hands quick. What better position to target than your, your wide receiver in the slot? That, that's a point. So. Or Mixon. Or Mixon. <laughs> They've also not, not got a decent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they they've not got a decent tight end target either, have they? So, no. uh, and and just this goes against my pick here, but to think that the the the, the Panthers had three top twenty-five wide receivers with with Teddy Bridgewater as the quarterback, okay. you've got to think that these three have probably got a chance to match that or, or better that this year. So it moves us nicely onto the, the tight end position um so someone that you're not very high on Kev who have you got
0: yeah I mean you was talking about the Bengals having terrible tight ends so I will keep it on trend and uh, <laughs> I'm only kidding I'm only kidding guys uh, he's sure. all right he's all right is <laughs> this guy's just a little bit over in to my eyes I've gone for Irv Smith um yeah, I, like I've said he's, he's quite possibly the most overrated dynasty tight end in my eyes i think he's he's obviously young he's intriguing in time the, the potential is definitely there but uh, you've got him both as uh tight end one which for me is alarming i'm more comfortable with him at tight end 16 um, i think his adp is nearer um eight nine ten that range and um, i mean last season he went from 2.25 catches a game as a rookie to 2.3 catches a game so uh It wasn't a huge increase. Uh, Fans say the breakouts come in now that Rudolph's gone. Um, It was a whopping 37 vacated targets, so I can't really see too much there. Um, Plus, Minnesota have got two of the top 17 targeted wide receivers last season. Uh, I think there's room for growth in in superstar Justin Jefferson, not Kenny G. Um, (laughs) But I, I do agree, tight end, it is a tough position after the top three or four. You don't have to do a ton to get in there, but... I'd have a Smith group nerd to guys like a Colt committing and Adam Troutman as young guys that have got potential, because he hasn't done it yet as such. So I think taking him as a tight end one, you are missing out on a ton of talent where you will be taking him uh, in in both your ranks. But um, I've had a little look at your show sheet as well, and you, you do make some interesting points, so I'm ready for it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, the the big one for me, you, you mentioned it with, with Carl Rudolph leaving and you're making out like it's not really a big positive. I think it is a big positive. No, it's not the thirty-seven targets that he's giving away. Yeah, that is that's nothing. But it's the five hundred and seventy-two offensive snaps that he's given up. That's the big one that I'm loving. That's fifty-three percent of the total um, offensive snaps that, that that the Vikings had. So he it was it's pretty much on the field for half of, of all offensive snaps. With that in mind, the they rotated these these three tight ends that they've got. And obviously there's only two. So that just leads to more opportunity for, for Smith being on the field. If you're on the field, you've got more opportunity to catch passes. Um I was I was gonna do a little a little um example trying to say like imagine it in terms of our football and you've got like emil heskey up front who has one shot target but you've got michael in sat on oh the bench who can bang in 20 goals it's not it's <laughs> the talent that's on the field that's causing the lack of the lack of targets and smith's
0: got,
2: <laughs> Smith got far more far more talent than what rudolph has so if we can get him on the field he's going to draw more targets that's my that's my argument to it. He's a former second round NFL pick, so the coaching staff and, and the team clearly clearly high on him. Um, he's only going to be 23 as well when the 2021 20, season starts, so plenty of room to grow in in this offense that that seems to be improving in the in the passing game. And like I've just mentioned, it doesn't take a great deal to be a tight end one. So if I'm going to put my money on anyone, it's going to be the young the young tight end who's who's athletic and is going to get a far more bigger opportunity than what he had last season.
1: Yes, it's crazy to think that we're, we're not even as high as his ADP of, of the tight end nine.
2: and
1: we, We're really high on him. Uh, I think the back end tight end one is, is the right spot for, for Smith. We, we saw a glimpse of, of the post-Rudolph era in them final four games. Uh, he may not, not have had the biggest impact the first two years of his career, but uh, certainly lined up nicely for him now. I think Rudolph leaving is is the, the thing what Smith needs to become a tight end one. Uh they're talking about Tyler Conklin. Ooh. I'm not buying <laughs> <laughs> I'm not buying a decent workload for him. He's he's on his last year of his rookie deal. He's not done much up to now. Is he gonna re-sign? We'll see. Uh Smith has improved on his rookie year. He was a tight end 33 the first year, tight end 22. Last year, that was with missing three games to a groin back injuries, and another three games where he was on a limited snap count. Uh, so he, in the games that he did play, he was pretty productive. Uh, so just looking at your ranking, Kev, you've actually got Logan Thomas <laughs> a tie. We <to> we play <laughs> four spots higher than than Irv Smith. Uh, so that <laughs> that's a bit crazy. Um, in, just in a in a dynasty startup, would you actually take Logan Thomas ahead of ahead of Irv Smith?
0: No, I, I need to change the rankings. Um, yeah. when, when, when I saw Logan Thomas today, I thought, oh, I, I, must, I must have put him in the wrong spot. But yeah, I do agree. He should be going before Logan Thomas. I think I think with the rankings that, that we've all got him, the way I, I play Dynasty, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have him any, anywhere, really. If Even if I had him at Titan 16, he'd be gone before. Um, I come to take him because I, I tend to go early or late so the guy's in the middle I'm not, I don't really care about which it's probably, <laughs> probably why Logan Thomas is my tight end six or something <laughs> whatever he <is. laughs> I'm, he's not tight end six no not really tight I had another good point to make as well then but it's uh, it's just gone on me Oh, that's what it was Irv um, Smith Emleski Irv <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: Smith Michael Owen on the bench waiting to get on the field know, on, Sambi- I'm, on I'm on him I'm on
1: him he's not he wouldn't be one of your targets if you uh, if you miss out on the tight end early uh, I think we all take a, a shot at a couple of tight ends late if he was still on the board in them later rounds he wouldn't uh, be interested in Irv in Smith as one of you two
0: I think if he's going around guys like Komet and Troutman, yeah. Mm-hmm. But if he's going, let's say on on your on your ranks or ADP, it, I wouldn't be taking him there now.
1: Right, so we'll, we'll move on to uh, to a rookie
2: tight end this time, and, mm-hmm. and Matt, who have you got? Yeah, I've gone for Pat Thrymouth, who's my tight end eighteen. Um, definitely higher than, than you two guys as well in, in regards to where I've got him. But he's a second round pick, um, productive as a, as a receiver at Penn State. Um, his total stats were 92 catches for 1,185 yards and 16 touchdowns, which was an average of 12.9 yards per reception, which for a tight end is, is pretty impressive, to be honest. Um, and now he lands on a on an offence that uses its tight ends in the passing game. Eric Ebron, he ranked eighth in, in tight end targets in 2020. Um, he's going to be, have that opportunity to to be a red zone threat quite early, being six foot five and two hundred sixty pounds. Um, I do think we'd be talking about Frymer for a lot more if it wasn't for the fact that the unicorn Kyle Pitts came out in this draft class as well. It's just made everybody completely forget about all the other tight ends in this class just because of of how great Pitts is. But I do like the potential that he has in this offense. Um, the Steelers they've got potential out of Ebron's contract pretty much whenever they want. So. I think if if, if, if impresses, I don't think it'll be long until until Postman Pat starts to deliver. <laughs> God, that, awesome. that felt bad doing <laughs> That's <contract> bad. Again.
1: <laughs> I've got some some breaking news. I, I don't think Postman Pat starts his delivery until <laughs> until 2022. Uh, <laughs> think... What's <laughs> worth raw mail?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I think I think Eric Ebron's still going to be the guy in 2021 uh, while they're in win now mode. If and when they blow it up and, and Big Ben decides to retire, then I think it'll be Frymoves' time. But but with that brings a lot of uncertainty. Uh, currently, you've got the three wide receivers, Deontay, Claypool and, and Juju. They're, they're going to dominate the targets. And with the, the awful low line they've got, I think Framus mainly to be asked to block in 2021 to help out the running back. Uh, but he has got that dra- that great draft capital. And he was a player that I did like in the pre-draft process. I think He could have been my tight end too. Um, but I just failed to see the upside at the minute while the team is still in win-now mode.
0: Yeah, I'm actually lowest on postman part of us three. Um, I've got no issue with a player It's more the value. Um, in Stalps, I'm not carrying a rookie tight end, um, n- n- in most cases at least. Uh, it's unlikely it's going to be usable until year two, th- two to three. And I think there's plenty of other solid options you can get at tight end eighteen. The the only place that I would consider Fryer Muth um, in a start up is if I've got an elite tight end like Kelsey or uh, Kittle, just just the fact that your rookie won't need to chip in a week or two. I think if, if you haven't got one of those elite tight ends in your rostering three, you probably need to use all three depending on how late you've gone. Um, The only other time I'd potentially take him is if I'm in a massive rebuild where I can't challenge for a couple of years, which is really interesting, actually. Me and Matt are in a league, and it's fair to say we're both in a rebuild. I've got some picks in late second. Matt's got one sandwiched in between them, so I think, (laughs) based on this, if I want to get Postman Pat on my team, I need to (laughs) take him early.
2: (laughs) Well, I don't want to give away my tips and my strategies, Kev, but... Yeah, you do. <laughs> I think I'll need to early, won't I? On
1: that
2: one, yeah. Um, it's it, yeah, a little bit with these rankings, like we just mentioned before. I think we're talking about. I w- I wouldn't draft him that early. I just think for, for my rankings, that's where I've got him. I think you can get him later than that in in your startups, but yeah, that's my that's me only back to to what you said.
0: <laughs> Not tell me then. <laughs> <No, no.
1: laughs> <laughs> Damn. Well. We'll move on to, to my pick. So it's um it's a tight end that I'm I'm down on. I'm i low in the ranks than, than you two. It's it's Evan Ingram for, for your Giants, Matt. Um yep. and it's a case of O oh dear Evan Ingram, the, <laughs> the one season wonder. Uh he's, he's certainly not lived up to his, his first round draft type. Um he's now entering the, the final year of his rookie deal. Uh twenty twenty was a was a big struggle, whether it was with injuries or drops. He had 11 drops in the regular season, which is the most by any receiving option uh, in the league. He's, and in fact, three of them drops turned into interceptions. So it really cost his team last year. See, um, that's well, why that,
2: that's why Daniel Jones struggled. It's bloody england, <laughs> giving all, all interceptions away. <laughs> ah, that's what it was.
1: Uh, <laughs> he, he played his only full season in, in 2020, but in fact, it was his least productive season. So there's question marks there. Uh, he had his lowest yards per reception and he only had one touchdown in 16 games, which is pretty bad. Um, it doesn't stand him in good stead now the fact the Giants have added superstar Kenny Golladay and, and Kadarius Tony in the first round. Um, I-, I can't work out how he was ever named to the Pro Bowl last year. That one is is beyond me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I love eating on the Giants. Uh, obviously, <laughs> I'm an Eagles fan. Uh, Matt's a Giants fan, so I do love... Love uh, getting stuck in, but I'm actually still in on Evan Engram. He's my Titan Nine. Um, I know he said one season wonder, but what a season it was! He flashed enormous upside as the Titan Four as a rookie. Which it's so rare to hit that high as a youngster. It's it's Hall of Fame level. Um, that that rookie season was tremendous. I, th- I actually think he's been terribly used by the Giants, um, but in particular last season, just. Not used properly. I wasn't aware of the drops. I didn't do too much research on this. It was... Uh, I apologise for that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, just... I think long-term, I want him out of New York. I think I don't trust Jason Garrett as an OC to to maximise him, as I've said before. And I still think he can be a tight end one this year pretty comfortably, I think. The Giants have got a fake Alfred in Kenny G. Uh, they've got a polarising <laughs> guy in Kadarius Tony, who could be anything. Uh, Evan
2: Engram's a guy I'm still very much intrigued with that potential. Yeah, I'm like you, Kev. i have got him as my tight end nine. Yeah, There's no denying that he struggled in 2020, but he is one of the most athletic tight ends in the NFL. Um, I think he's still going to draw targets. If anything, it's probably a bonus that they've now got Golladay and, and these other weapons. It's it's when we've seen Engram at his best really, it's obviously, like when we had Odell Beckham, players like that, that, that draw that attention away. That might be what Engram what needs just to, to maybe... Improve his production in terms of fantasies. I think he's going to get those targets, and when it comes to tight end positions, targets and receptions, they're they're what what get you a, to be a tight end one in fantasy. um I agree with Kevin. Probably does need to move away from the Giants, which as a Giants fan half upset him. But at the same time, that the annoyance from last season, I'm probably fine if he, if he does move on. In all honesty, if we can get a, a good return from him, he's still only 26 years old as well. So I think he's got plenty of years left in him as, as regards to tight ends. In the NFL, they do seem to, to last a lot longer. So, if he can play for another five, six years and, and like I say, just move to a, a new change of scenery, that that might be what he needs. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not out on him yet. I think tight end nine, That's that, I think that's a fair place to, to have him.
1: So just a couple of questions. Are you both happy to to have him miss your, your tight end one, then, or would you be quite nervous if he'll you miss your tight end one?
0: God, a bit nervous. I'd say nervous in the, with the Giants. Um, I like the player, but if I, if you're banking on him like this season, I'd be worried. I'd be very worried about having him as my Titan 1 this season, for sure.
2: I'll add to that and say, if I don't have Kittle, Kelsey, Waller, Hawkinson, maybe, uh, and Pitts, if I don't have any of those as my Titan 1, then, yeah, I'm worried about any, any time that I've got as my <laughs> Titan 1, to be honest. those Those... those Four or five guys are the guys you want. If you don't have them then you are just you just need to get as many tight ends as you can really and just hope that one of them one of them hits or you just you just play the matchups and and hope that you, you get a, a decent score out of your tight end in those weeks.
1: Then just a quick one for you, Matt. That they've obviously got Caden Caden Smith as their the tight end too. Is he has he shown anything? Is he is he pushing Engram for for starts in 2021?
2: I thought I thought it was impressive, yeah, last year. Um I don't think we're, we've got a, a, a big commitment to him, there really. So, I mean, if, if Engram does start to, to play a little bit better, then we're definitely still going to be all in on, on Engram being the, the tight end to have. But I just think with what we're seeing from Smith, that's probably why I wouldn't be too disheartened if, if Engram left. I think we've still got a a viable tight end in, in Smith. But he's not a guy that I'd be, I'd be excited about in fantasy. But, but, yeah.
1: Well, on that sour note... That brings us to the end of the show. But <laughs> well, We've had a, a dynasty rankings debate. We've had our disagreements, but we're all still mates. Although you are both wrong. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> any final thoughts on on today's show? I'll come to you first, Kev.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've I've loved the debates on tonight's show. It's uh, it's good to have a little argument and. Fess it up that we're all friends. Um, (laughs) I think standalone rankings, they offer little, to be honest. I think a tiered approach is a lot better than looking at a list and picking out this guy over this guy. Um, It also doesn't factor in game theory, roster construction, or if you would actually take that player at a certain spot. Um, I think we all approach it slightly differently, although it is based on numbers between us three. It's based on numbers, data, logic, so um it's good that we're actually giving something of certainty behind us ranks but whereas uh, guys like film grinders they're just based it on uh, on if somebody looks good in the pants so um that's that, that's why film grinders are terrible at fantasy to be honest um and then then the only other thing is um i need to have a look at them tight end rankings with uh, logan thomas <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, this, I think this is the part of Dynasty Football that, that we all love. Really, the fact that we've all got different different opinions. I think those different diff, differing opinions are, are what makes us improve as knowledge, really, when it comes to players. Just just whether we agree on or not. Just just seeing the different perspectives that, that everybody has on these players. Um, I think our ranks as well show the different approaches that you can have when when approaching Dynasty. Um, some put more weight onto onto age, some more on upside, some more on on situation. So it, it's always interesting to see how different people view uh, these players and and how they work when it comes to dynasty. Um, but yeah, that, that just makes it so interesting. And, and a final one, DJ Chart. What was it, Kev? Wide receiver forty, Jalen Waddle, wide receiver forty-one. <laughs> wow, yeah, <I laughs> need, to, need to move them up. I need <laughs> to get oh, on
0: wow. the terrace even more. Wide <laughs> <laughs> receiver two. <laughs> uh, well, he, he's young,
2: so he's yeah. got to be above Hopkins. He's got to be above Adams because he's young. He's, he's bound to it's be higher than, than Adams and Hopkins at some point. So. Number one. <laughs> Get on the terrace. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the whole reason why Dynasty
1: Football works. To be honest, it's we can't all have the same opinion on and all ranking on on every player. Otherwise, there'd be no trading, and we'd all end up with the same strategy. Uh, so. Just a good time ty- a dynasty tip is to to get to know the the other guys in your leagues. Find out who they're high on, who they're low on. Um, it's a great opportunity for trades. You, you might find a guy who's who you love on a on a guy's roster that he's that he's really low on. So you might be able to trade you. You might trade you him away for for cheap. Um, so yeah, just just get to know the guys. I know that uh, say Kev is really high on on Terrace Marshall. So. I, I, I could uh,
2: I could do a good deal with him. Uh, yeah. This, this is why I hate being in leagues with you two because you know, you know all my tips. <laughs> exactly. Giant so, yeah. players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, thank
1: you for tuning in. Uh, be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Wildcards. Uh, we've also got our link-free site on our Twitter page where you can find all of our podcasts and shows on YouTube please check it out and hit the subscribe button. Our next show is next Tuesday, the 29th of June at 7.45 to discuss under and overvalued players with the awesome Anthony Sorrento, The Dynasty Drive. Uh, sure to be a great show. So thanks once again and have a good one. We'll see you soon.
0: When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.